Kohl's knows how to get your lawn ready for spring. And right now, you can take up to $10 off select Scott's fertilizers. Plus, you can save $50 on a Craftsman 20-volt 13-inch string trimmer and leaf blower combo kit. Now just $99. Get set for spring. Visit us in-store or online today. Because Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid 323 through 45. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Okay, we are finally getting to the end of the Alyssa Turney case, and I just have to say, I haven't even touched on half the stuff, so I have to promo Sarah Turney's podcast once again. It is called Voices for Justice, and she goes through every little piece of the case. She interviews many of her family members and she goes over things she remembers and into the case files and it is just the most researched podcast I have ever listened to. It is doing amazing things for her sister's case. My episodes haven't even touched on a lot of this stuff and I researched this for a long time so that just tells you how much is in this case. Even with this much in this case, I think it is fairly obvious what happened and who did it, which is why so many people are pushing for justice in Alyssa's case. Remember, if you post about Alyssa's case or share any episodes or any information about it, use the hashtag justice for Alyssa because that is a growing hashtag and many people check it often to just learn about her case. On a different note, if you hear weird noises, yes, my bunny is in the room right now, and we got her new food bowls that she hates. It actually came in like a stand, and it wasn't too high for her, but she just, she flipped it over. She didn't like it, so we ended up with water and grass pellets everywhere. So now it's just the bowls, but they're metal and she loves to swing them around so they're loud and just I'm very sorry if you hear that. Also, I have a bunch of woodwick candles going in the background because my cat has the stinkiest poop ever. I've never smelled something as horrid as that and he does it multiple times a day so I just have candles going all the time. So that is my disclaimer for the weird sounds. Anyways, let's get into the case, and before we get into the case, I have a promo from another podcast, because I've been getting into listening to other true crime podcasts lately, and it's weirdly relaxing for me to listen to. So here's that promo, and then we'll jump into the case. You're in the place where mysteries and the missing meet where conspiracies lurk around every corner. Welcome to the Deep Dark Truth. Mo here from the Deep Dark Truth podcast, where we're searching for the truth behind your favorite conspiracies, mysteries, and bizarre true crime cases. Check us out on Apple, Google, or the platform of your choice. Join us in discovering the Deep Dark Truth. Now I have just a short little 
message from Sarah Turney to play, and then I will begin to talk about a few other things in the case and Michael Turney's life. Hey guys, this is Sarah Turney, Alyssa Turney's sister. Thank you so much for listening to her story. For more information about the case and ways you can help, visit justiceforalyssa.com. I have petitions, GoFundMes, information about who you can write about this case, and I need your help. So again, please visit justiceforalyssa.com and join the fight. Thank you so much. So, not to be crass, but let's get into some more shitty details about Michael Turney. He has been accused of having sex with his first wife's sister and his brother's wife. It is confirmed that Mike Turney sexually abused his first wife's younger sister after handcuffing her to a bed. His claim was that he was sleepwalking at the time because apparently sleepwalking people sexually assault other people, even though I've never heard of that. So whatever for that. He has written letters and documents about Donna, his brother's wife, from her point of view. So he was writing as if he was Donna, which is creepy in itself. And you can listen to one of these letters in episode two of the Voices for Justice podcast. So with this in mind, it's safe to say he was obsessed with Donna, which makes the claim of him having sex with her pretty relevant. Donna was killed by Mike's brother by being shot. Mike then messed with the crime scene. It is confirmed of that, but it's not really confirmed what he messed with. It could have been the fact that he may have placed a knife in Donna's hand, or he picked up the bullet shells. Those are just two of the things that some reports say happened. Either way, if he messed with the crime scene, that's awful, and it gives me even more reason to believe he could have done something to Alyssa and covered it up. He was also found removing the children during the altercation, which I understand that's messing with the crime scene, but I also think that was good of him. He got the children out of the house so that they didn't witness that and they didn't get hurt. At least that's how I understood it. If I'm wrong, please correct me. As I was listening to the VFJ podcast, I was only catching snippets of the conversation due to clipping my cat's nails at the time also, so sorry about that. I try to multitask once in a while, but I'm not very good at it. Anyways, it seemed that Sarah was talking to an aunt of hers, and the aunt was telling about how Mike was trying to convince her and the rest of the family to overdose Sarah's mother, Barbara. Now, Barbara was the mother of Alyssa also. They just had different fathers, if that got confusing. So Barbara had lung cancer at this time and was in pain, so they were trying to give her pain medicine when she needed it, but not overdose her, obviously. No one wants to overdose their sick family member. Michael Turney was caught almost giving her more doses than she should have had, and Barbara's family became highly suspicious at this. Before, I assume... They thought, like, yeah, maybe he'd try and do that if he was trying to convince us to overdose her. But now that they saw it, they're 
very suspicious. Later, Michael started talking about the fact that if Barbara didn't die before February 1st, then the life insurance policy would not be good anymore. And his concern with this caused everyone to watch Barbara and her doses and Mike more closely. I don't know anyone who's been more concerned about a life insurance policy than their significant other when their significant other will die at some point. That's just not right, and that's not compassionate, and that's not okay. On the day that Barbara died, her mother gave her the dose of medication, then left the house for a while because she had errands to do, stuff like that. When she returned, she asked Barbara if she was in pain, and she shook her head no. And the mother recognized her breathing was of someone who would pass away soon. I've never heard it. I've never been around someone who is actively dying. I've never even been around a pet who's actively dying, which I'm, I have mixed feelings about that. I feel like I should have been there for certain things, and I wasn't, but I also feel like that would have traumatized me. But apparently when people are, people or animals are in that like active dying state, they begin to breathe much differently, almost as if they're like gasping more for air. And her mother recognized this. So Barbara apparently asked for 911 to be called or something along those lines, but it did not happen. It seemed to those around that it was not a peaceful death. It was if she had been given too much medication, which we know who would have done that. The mother sat with her and told her it was okay and that she could let go. But Barbara kept on shaking her head. She didn't want to let go, or it wasn't okay. Something had happened to get Barbara in this state. There are high suspicions that Mike gave Barbara too much medication while the mother was out of the house. And this could have been what killed her, because she died right before the life insurance was going to lapse. So, you know how Mike was so concerned about the life insurance not being viable if she died after February 1st? Well, the life insurance policy was about six hours away from expiring when she died. So Michael Turney could have used that time his mother-in-law left the house as an opportune time to kill Barbara in order to get the life insurance money. Michael Turney also requested that no autopsy be done, and it wasn't. Now, I understand requesting no autopsy if it is for religious reasons or something along those lines, but this was not. This was simply Michael Turney didn't want an autopsy, so there wasn't one. And he maybe he didn't want an autopsy because he knew they would find out her cause of death was suspicious, and then he would be found out. That's the only reason I can think of for this. Mike did come in during Barbara's last moments, but he never said anything. He just sat on the bed. I think that that is really sad. Like I said, I've never been around anyone dying, but I've had family members who have terminal cancer or are very old in age and getting sick, and I've seen them, and every time I do that, I talk to them 
and make sure they know I love them and all that kind of stuff so that if it is the last time I see them, they died knowing all that. If your wife is dying next to you, maybe it was shock, but I don't believe a normal person would sit there silently. I know if my boyfriend was dying next to me, I'd be talking to him nonstop and I'd be very sad. There was no way I would be able to just sit there silently. It doesn't make any sense. I would also like to mention here that one of the aunts that I believe was interviewed on VFJ podcast stated that if there was a way to inject someone with cancer, she feels like Mike Turney would have done that and could have caused Barbara's death. Now, she wasn't talking about, yeah, he injected her with cancer, oh my goodness. No, that's not it. The aunt was just saying, like, if there was a way possible, Mike would have done it. He was that kind of person, and that can tell you a lot. So five months after Barbara's death, Mike started dating Alyssa's third grade teacher. He even introduced her to his mother, which is normally a big step in relationships. So, this teacher stated that Mike was nice, but pretty paranoid about the police, which we already knew. She also stated that Mike was not abusive to Alyssa, but was much closer to Sarah, which we already knew as well, just from his actions. She did recall one time being at the house with only Alyssa, and Alyssa was just walking past her and randomly said, I'm having sex with my dad. That should have rang every alarm bell possible. Kids just don't say that, especially if they're just walking past. It's not like, it's not a funny joke. And I don't think Alyssa would have found it as a funny joke. The teacher should have taken this seriously and looked up on it, but she didn't. Some neighbors also came in and told Mike that Alyssa was telling everybody she had sex. And Mike... Mike's response to this on like 2020 or an interview or something was just kind of laughing at it. He was like, oh, she's 12. She never did that. But he never really denied it. Mike Turney said in this conversation with the third grade teacher he was dating, quote, this kid just don't give a shit. It just don't give a shit. It never did. It's just that she doesn't give a shit. One way or another, she just doesn't care. She'll do what's best, what's the best thing for her and the rest, she doesn't care. I think she's going to be like that all of her life. She's going to be just like her aunt, someone who somebody will have great sex with, go from person to person, and she brings kids in, treats them like shit, and they will become criminals. Should probably have her spayed. End quote. So... Just let that sink in for a minute. He was saying his daughter doesn't give a shit, which that part's fine. You know, kids don't give a shit and they shouldn't. Why should they? And then he said somebody will have great sex with her. She'll have sex with a lot of people and she'll have kids in and treat them like shit. Those are very odd claims for any parent to make. I feel like parents shouldn't be saying that at all. And then he says should probably have her spayed. So he's just referring to her like she's an animal. And that's 
not okay. She's a human being, and she seemed like a perfectly fine human being. I think there's something obviously very wrong with Michael Turney. Eventually, the teacher went back to her husband, and Mike never brought another woman around the family. Sarah believes that this is because he didn't want to risk Alyssa confiding in another woman, and this other woman may be actually going to the police, which is a good fear for him. If he was actually doing something and Alyssa started telling people, then the next person she told could have been the one who finally went to police. So looking into the union thing again, the reason that Mike Turney hated the union was because he claims he got hurt there and then he became a whistleblower of sorts. However, there are those who worked with him at this time and stated he was absolutely not a whistleblower, simply just paranoid and odd. Mike has always stated that he hurt his leg and that's why he ended up receiving disability for most of his life, but Sarah states that he never wore a cast or had crutches, so that's the first odd point. And as a contingency of his disability, there was the thing that he had to go see a psychiatrist twice weekly for a very long time. I believe pretty much his whole life, but I'm unsure if it's still continuing to this day. It seems he was paranoid and depressed and therefore took disability for that, but did not want to tell anyone the real reason why he took disability. So you can look back at just all of the evidence in this case, and it seems so much so that we know what happened and we know who did it, but police are still refusing to press charges or anything of that matter. I believe now Sarah said it is up to the DA to press charges or something along those lines. And if you go on her Twitter, I believe she shared the email or the phone number of the new DA's office because someone just got into office there. So if you would like to go push for the conviction of Michael Turney, please go do that. Once again, go listen to Sarah's podcast, the Voices for Justice podcast, because it goes over so much more than I ever could. So yes, this was a shorter episode, but I just had a few things I wanted to finish up, and I wanted to include the message from Sarah. I hope that this case interests a lot of people, and you go through and really try and look at the evidence, and really try and get justice for Alyssa. She deserves it and so does Sarah and the family. And so does Michael. He deserves to go to jail for what he's done and how he treated that poor girl her entire life. So we will see you next week on, well, we won't see you, but you know, next week, Tuesday is our next episode. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Great Unsolved. We also have an Instagram now at The Great Unsolved. We have a Facebook group called The Great Unsolved Fans and a YouTube where I'm just posting these episodes with like pictures just as another way to listen to it. And that is under my name, Alexis Ruberg. And I think that's it. If there's anything else, I will share it on Twitter. So 
just be sure to follow us on there and see you guys on Tuesday. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.